0: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, putting my leg out in the morning always just hurt. But yeah, once I got moving, I don't know, and got warmed up, like everything just kind of calmed down. Yeah. And it's all, yeah, survivable. I mean, I had all kinds of stuff, especially in the beginning. I feel like my skin kind of toughened up after the first couple of weeks. Because yeah, I mean, I was getting, you know, chafing and blisters and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, after after a while, yeah, it all just kind of toughened up and it stopped, fortunately.
1: As I listen to the rain fall and the wind blow this morning in Southern California, I can't help but think about the budding PCT thru-hikers down there at the Southern Terminus and just feel for them. But in other news, welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. Hi, I'm Erin Egan, and today's guest is Sochi, known off-trail as Megan Harmon. She had a dream to be the first above-knee amputee to thru-hike the Pacific Crest Trail. And for 600 miles in 2019, she was on target. Until the desert heat and her last nerve made it impossible. For now. But in this episode, we talk about the ways her prosthetic forces her to adjust the nature of the hike, what she will do for pizza, rattlesnakes on the trail, and the Uinta 2020 Redemption Hike. You can find this episode at hiking-through.com, as well as on our brand new Hiking Through channel on YouTube. Enjoy my conversation with Sochi. I think you've, you've done all the hard work. You have all the stories to tell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, now it's just telling them. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. I am so excited to have you here. Awesome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, you had, you've had quite the journey with through hiking and, and the PCT. Um, and I love the, the hacks that you were able to do on the PCT to make your journey easier. Mhm. They were pretty brilliant actually.
0: <laughs> you mean like as far as my prosthetic goes
1: or well, you had the prosthetic put the emphasis on you to find a figure out a way to do the trail. Yeah. And be able to do it successfully or as successfully as possible with, with the, the liability that is the prosthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in doing my research. I saw that you, um, you had some, some help uh, in doing like some slack packing and uh, you hiked with um, some people like your dad came out for a while, I think. Mm-hmm um your partner came out for a while or at the very beginning yeah um you know like you guys you found ways to make it work so that you could do it successfully and I Mm -hmm. love that yeah I love it was
0: great especially when I yeah like when I met my my um when I was leaving Big Bear like that Well, that was huge having somebody to hike with and yeah. Finally finding a group that was going my own pace. Cause most people that were my age were going a lot faster than me.
1: Yeah. Well, and I wonder how, what, well, actually I should probably step back a little bit, rotate, wind <laughs> it back a little bit. Uh-huh. So we've talked about your, your prosthetic, but why don't you tell everybody like what that, what does that actually mean for you personally?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I am an above knee amputee. Uh, so that means that, you know, I use a prosthetic to walk, um, a prosthetic knee and a carbon fiber foot. Um, and I mean, it's, it's definitely a really huge challenge because you know, all my power comes from my good leg, my good, good leg. (laughs) (laughs) And, And, you know, it puts a ton of strain on my body. It's really challenging. You know, going uphill takes just a massive amount of energy. Um, I've been told that walking as an above knee amputee takes roughly seventy five percent more energy.
1: What, now, why is that? Like, what is the what is the process for you with that prosthetic?
0: Um, I mean, you know, the prosthetic it, it'll bend with me when I need it to bend and all of that, but. I mean, like I said, you know, all of that forward momentum is coming from me. Um, and I, you know, I'm creating enough to, you know, be able to have enough momentum to take my weight all the way over on my prosthetic. So like, I'm also, you know, not only, you know, taking myself, my weight over on one leg, but I'm also pushing so that I get over on the prosthetic side as well. So it's like working twice as hard. to you know just for me to take a step on the prosthetic side
1: (laughs) I think of how hard it is just to take a step in general um yeah I
0: mean the trail's challenging enough as it is (laughs)
1: yeah it's no walk in the park no no not at all but you got there like when did you decide that you wanted to do it or or what was that what was that process for you
0: Um, okay. So I started section hiking the Appalachian trail with my dad when I was 12 and I met through hikers on the trail and that's when I decided that I wanted to through hike. Um, but then when I was 19, I was hit on my motorcycle, had to have my leg amputated and I thought, you know, well, there's no way I can do that. Um, I mean, you know, as a brand new amputee, it was really hard just to walk in general. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, hiking was just a nightmare, um, but it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was several years later, but, you know, I, I still, you know, I, I still loved to hike and I, that was one of my goals I really wanted to do. I really wanted to get back outdoors. So I just kept practicing and practicing and learning all the little tricks and stuff to keep my leg from getting all beat up from doing tons of miles or whatever. Um, and it was, um, you know, a few years, I think before I attempted the PCT, when I was doing a, uh, I did a 10 mile day and I had zero injuries, which was, a first for me at that point and i was like holy crap if i can do 10 miles and still feel like i can do another 10 miles tomorrow i'm like maybe i could do a through bike. like hmm. hmm and then yeah wheels start turning and i'm like okay well if i'm gonna do this you know what do i need to do you know what kind of prosthetic do i need you know like how do i make this work for me um and yeah yeah i was planning it for years and and yeah, put it all together and yeah, put a ton of work into my prosthetic, like I mean like a year and a half just making sure that the fit was perfect, well as as perfect as possible. And and yeah, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah,
1: In one respect, I feel like you're like every other hiker out there who hits the southern terminus or or the terminus and it's like, okay, we're really doing this. Yeah, it's very happening you.
0: Sure? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. From that first day on the Southern Terminus and you're standing there looking at, you know, the border and then you're like, well, I guess this is going to be my life now. And it's really happening. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. There's just so much like excitement there at the Southern Terminus. (laughs) I'm
1: doing it. (laughs) And where did you stop that first night?
0: Um, I think I think I. Only put in about eight miles because we got kind of a late start. Um, I don't even remember where it was. It was just like some random spot that Gut Hooks said that there was a single tent spot there, and we were looking around with we had our headlamps on, looking. We're like, "Where is it? Like, I don't see anything." And we ended up like scrambling down this bank, and we're like, "This looks kind of flat." And we're like, "Maybe this is it." And I'm like, ugh. Uh, yeah, at that point we were exhausted and it was dark. And so we're like, we're just, we'll make it work.
1: <laughs> it's a flat spot.
0: Yeah. Like the only kind of flat spot in the area.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how exhausted you were. I mean, the first, I was literally just talking to somebody and they were saying that you know even as much as they had trained ahead of time that first day those first steps like just nailed them mhm you know it just there's training and then there's the reality
0: yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's you know you can train as much as you want but then you get out there and yeah nothing really quite prepares you like doing it yeah yeah um, yeah, that, those first few days, yeah, were definitely pretty exhausting, but I think it was maybe by like day four, I think we did a 10 mile day and I felt like I could probably do more. And I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm finally like getting, maybe getting my trail legs a little bit. Like uh, maybe I can do this. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to die.
1: You found your groove.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. I think I can do
1: it. <laughs> what was your... Out there, what was your biggest day, miles-wise? Uh, I was a 19.
0: Holy sheet! <laughs> well, there was pizza at the end of the 19 <laughs> miles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, we were, um, that was, once I had, I was with my tramley, and um, I can't remember exactly where we were at, but um, we stopped at our 15, we were doing 15-mile days at that point. Um, and we stopped at our campsite and it was just like gusting, it was freezing. And we were like, oh, you know, they were like, you know, Sochi, like, if you want to stay, like, we'll stay. Like, if you don't think you have any more miles in you, but you do think you could do four more and, uh, you know, we can get that pizza you've been telling us about for days. <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, yeah, okay. I was like, let me take some ibuprofen and some. And some caffeine gummies, and I'll be good to go. Unfortunately, it was downhill those last four miles.
1: The the caffeine gummies seem to be your best friend out there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, they're the best. <laughs>
1: they were they were almost like your version of uh, the Snick- a Snickers bar.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, my other before that, my longest day had been a 16, and that was back when we were doing like 12s. Um, and yeah, that was another one where I took like, I ate like a pack of gummies <laughs> so that I could make it the rest of the way. Yeah, they're great. They're so good too.
1: Did you, did you surprise yourself out there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, once, when I started the trail, I think the longest day I'd ever done with a prosthetic, that is, was 11 miles in a day. So, Yeah. Once I started regularly doing more than that and then doing 15s, you know, like pretty much anything past 11 was, you know, the longest hike I'd ever done. Or, you know, even when like when we hit the 50 mile mark, I was like, well, this is the longest I've ever hiked in a single trip before. Like there were so many just milestones. And and yeah, like it was awesome. You definitely proving to myself what I was capable of. Because, you know, I wasn't sure. I was like, well, I know I can do 10 miles and I don't know if I can keep doing this day after day, but yeah, you know, getting out there and doing it. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was really surprising and it was really great for me as an amputee and great for my self-esteem as an athlete to see that, you know, I was capable of, of doing that with a prosthetic.
1: Could you you feel your body getting stronger or were you just doing the miles and seeing them accumulate?
0: No, I definitely felt my body getting stronger. Um, I mean, especially when like we'd have, we'd, we'd get like nine miles in by lunchtime, (laughs) you know, I I was like, yeah, just knock them out. We're good. Take a nice break.
1: Did you ever in doing that? Did you ever like reflect back? on the first day of eight miles or that initial kind of 10 miles was your limit and that kind of stuff. And you're like, Mm
0: -hmm. wow. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was keeping a journal and you know making regular posts on Instagram and, and yeah, it was easy to look back. Um, It's like, especially days when like I was struggling to, you know, do my, my 15 mile day or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, wait a second. (laughs) You know there was a time not that long ago where you couldn't even walk you know the thirteen miles that you're at now, so you know I had to keep reminding myself of that because I was always like, "You know I got it it's gotta be better, I gotta do more and yeah, yeah, so it was it was definitely really good, good reminders yeah
1: well and and I think particularly for you because you come from an athletic background in general, I mean, your trail name Sochi you came by, I mean, honestly, is probably the wrong word, but, like, you'd earned that the old-fashioned way, basically. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, in 2014, I competed in the Sochi Paralympics. And, yeah, I mean, I've always been a bit of an athlete. Grew up running races with my dad and backpacking and playing soccer and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, getting back to doing – All that stuff, again, after losing my leg was, yeah, I mean, pretty critical. I think I'd be in a pretty dark place if I weren't able to get back out into the outdoors.
1: Was it nice having your dad out there with you for a while?
0: You know, it was and it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was great to have a companion Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody that, you know, wants to be there for you and wants to help you and motivate you and do any, you know, anything that you need, you know, they're there for you. Like, that was great. But, you know, there were other times where, like, I felt like my dad pushed me a little bit more than I wanted to. And, um, I mean, personally, I like to sleep. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> Amen. Uh, <laughs>
0: And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, let's get up at six tomorrow and we can get to here by this time. And I'm like, Dad, I just want to sleep.
1: <laughs> your your journey, your adventure got co-opted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, you know, being dad and, you know, he's always been, you know, the trip leader. So I think mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of went into dad. Dad the leader mode. And I was like, wait a second, you know, this is my trip. <laughs> you know, this was I my dreamed. dream what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> but overall, yeah, it was good. And I was sad to see him go.
1: Now, from the southern terminus up to Big Bear, did you hike alone at all? Or okay, mm-hmm. you did. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um it wasn't that long, I think it was only like a week that I was, or two a week or two that I was by myself. Because um, yeah, my partner was there for the first week, and then my dad joined me somewhere. I can't remember, but yeah, my dad hopped in there like a week or so later, and he was there for two, I think two weeks. So, yeah, it was good. It was How yeah, we- and it's it's really nice to you know, you're doing such a big thing, um, you know, and a huge time commitment. Like, yeah, it's nice to have family there at least to kind of help get you going.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think they also know how, now how did you, how did you hook up the slack packing? Um, so
0: it was, we, so my dad decided that, one of the best things for me would be <laughs> that, um, we, after we, um, we got down to, I think it was I 10, um, that, you know, the next like five, four or five days would have been all uphill. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, that's so exhausting for you, Megan. You know, I think that we should, we should jump ahead into Big Bear slack pack as much as we can and then we'll go southbound from there back to I-10 and I was like well I mean that sounds like you know a lot of work but I mean it's certainly a good idea we can we can make it happen so yeah I ended up um finding a trail angel that was just like super stoked just to help us out and she slack packed us like three days in a row and yeah she was fantastic and then um yeah, then we went south from there.
1: When you went through the Wild area, because you hiked in 2019, right? hmm How snowy was
0: it? It was very snowy. Um, my friend Panda was like half a day ahead of me. And so he ended up uh, sending me a message on my inReach saying that, you know, he, he got to Apache peak and it was just a sheet of ice. And so he had to turn around. Um, and I want to say that I had my micro but that just sounded like a little bit much. So, um, we ended up taking that, uh, the fire alternate from past years. So we ended up, yeah, getting off and going around into town. And then, um, trying to remember, there was an, instead of going, you know, up from town, we ended up going down the road and taking a road up that connected back to the trail so that we ended up bypassing a lot of the kind of sketchy parts of the trail. Because, yeah, there was a decent amount of snow out there still. How,
1: how late did you start?
0: Well, I didn't start late at all. I started on March the 1st. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I wanted to make sure that I had plenty of time in case I wasn't, you know, doing a lot of
1: miles. Right. And then you were lucky enough to have a really high, heavy snow year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we ran into a lot more snow.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was surprised. I, I guess I didn't think about it. Cause I over new years, I visited the Southern Terminus and coming back. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to jaunt up to Julian, go through the the hills, whatever. And mm-hmm. jaunt up to Julian and just have the experience. And I jaunted up there and there was snow on those mountains on those hills. Oh, wow. And I was like, I hmm. wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. There wasn't any snow when I was there. Um,
1: so you're like all the flowers,
0: enough. yeah, all the flowers were in bloom though, um, and I was leaving Julian right during the uh, the painted lady butterfly uh, migration. So there was just like thousands of butterflies traveling in the same direction as me. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so cool.
1: Like you were part <laughs> like, of. Okay, a movement. this is.
0: I was like, this is kind of magical. All right, I'm. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, that was
1: great. How when you got to Big Bear and and you found people who were hiking your mileage, essentially, mm-hmm. um, was it easy at, at that point? Like you were doing the higher miles. They were doing the same kind of mileage or they were expecting the same kind of mileage. Mm-hmm. Was it surprising for you? I mean, Because I think it feels like you kind of had that impression in your head that everybody's going to be doing these big, huge miles. Yeah um yep. and that people weren't going to be going that speed. Yeah.
0: Early. Yeah, I I definitely was very nervous that I wasn't going to find anybody going my pace. Um and I mean if I had met them right away like they would have been going faster than me, but basically they caught up to me and at that point I was able to do more miles, but um um that first week I remember joking with my partner that, you know, I was just gonna have to hold out to meet my group of older people and that they were gonna be my my kind of people and going my speed. And that is exactly what happened actually. <laughs> I was the youngest person in the group by over a decade. Oh wow. But they were great. They were great people and yeah, perfect speed. It was great.
1: Something and in looking at your feet, because uh you had you created a feed on Instagram that was specifically for your hike, mm-hmm. um, and I was going through that. And I mean, grant you, I don't have any reason to think about what you have to worry about with a prosthetic and that kind of thing. But I was so fascinated to to hear and to learn more about how your prosthetic worked, like the weight bearing issues of it and overheating like I,
0: yes. <laughs> I oh, oh. What, what is that <laughs> it was awful <laughs> oh yeah I contacted the manufacturer about that I was like this is a problem <laughs> yeah yeah as soon as we were like getting into the Mojave and it was just I mean it was still you know early enough in the era it really wasn't that hot, but I mean it was hot enough for my leg to overheat, especially if I was going downhill. It was kind of in the middle of the day. Um I was using a mechanical knee so that I didn't have to charge it. Because typically I, I use a microprocessor knee that has batteries and all this stuff and and I have a backcountry charger but it adds a lot of weight to my setup. Um, so it's really great organization, wiggle your toes. Uh, donated the knee. Yeah. (laughs) They donated the knee to me and that, yeah, that's what I was using. Um, And yeah, you have to put, you know, a certain amount of weight on it for the resistance to engage. So when you're going downhill, it doesn't just collapse um yeah yeah and when it would overheat it would act like it needed more weight and sometimes i wouldn't put enough weight on it so it would just collapse and i would eat it and wipe out yeah i was terrified that i was going to fall down the mountain and yeah it was it was scary and it was very frustrating um and actually um no id uh who was a member of my family um she would actually, because a lot of times she'd walk with me or I'd catch up to her because she was taking a million pictures. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, when my leg was overheating, like she'd pull out her extra water and she would spray down my leg with it to cool it down. So, yeah, she would carry like an extra liter of leg water <laughs> <laughs> that we would use to cool my leg. Um, I mean, it helped, but yeah, it would warm right back up. I felt like I was having to dump water on it every like 20 minutes or something.
1: The, the overheating or the warming back up was literally just from the air temperature from the
0: part of it was air temperature. And I think what also contributed was, um, I guess kind of like the friction from riding the hydraulic down. Um, so you know, like that's kind of putting the brakes on for yeah. me. And so like, I mean, that naturally warms it up anyway, but then you add in the air temperature and the blazing, you know, Southern California sun. And yeah, I mean, I felt like you probably could have fried an egg on that thing. It was so hot. (laughs) Not that
1: it probably would have been a good idea, but I would have paid (laughs) money to see that.
0: Yeah, I I think I would too. (laughs) Yeah, I, I joke about that, but I'm like, maybe someday I should actually try it.
1: Just, just to see if it actually yeah, just works. See.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I've retired that knee at this point, so I think I could, I could do totally. it. Totally, not worry about destroying it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. who wants egg on their knee? But well, you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for
1: science. Anything for science. Um, well, and and also. Like, because as you were saying, because I was also reading, but you were carrying batteries. Speaking of science, you were carrying some batteries with you, right? I was, was on, that the, on the, on the
0: to Highline trail. On the I trail. was. Okay. Yeah. I was using my microprocessor knee for that one Um because I, I got, so the one that I'm using, it has like really, it's really easy to change the batteries out, which is, you know, in my old microprocessor knee, like that was there's no way. But this one, it has like little camera batteries. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, actually here. Let me just pull it out. <laughs> so this is the little Beautiful. battery. Yeah. And so I contacted the manufacturer and I was like, Can I have more of these? <laughs> and they were like, Well, how many do you want? I was like, um eight. <laughs> <laughs> And they did, they mailed them to me and, um, they had originally told me to expect to get like seven miles per battery. And I, the rep was like, oh yeah, you can get seven miles out of this battery. And I was like, seven miles. I'm like, that's nothing. I would need like two batteries a day. Um, but I actually get, was consistently getting 12 to 13. So. Oh, Wow. Yeah, way better than I expected. So yeah, I, you know, I had all these extra batteries and was getting about 13 miles on them per day. And that was about how much I was doing most days. I did a, a couple of 15s, but yeah, it was nice. And you know, it just felt so much more stable. Like there were some kind of sketchy passes and you know, I, I knew that I could count on my prosthetic to be there for me and not Mm -hmm. randomly collapse and then, you know, send me
1: off a cliff or something. Was that a change that you made based on what your experience on the PCT?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't think that I would want to do a through hike with it just because I would have to pack, you know, not only a bunch of these little guys, but I'd also have to pack, you know, my big, battery bank that, um, my dad made for me. And I mean, it's just, when you have a leg that has to be charged, you know, it just adds up, you know, you've got to have a way to recharge the batteries and a way to mm-hmm. then recharge your battery pack that's recharging your other batteries. And yeah, I just, you end up with like, you know, at least two pounds more of things just to charge your leg. Um, but for the Uinta Highline Trail, I mean, short enough that, you know, I felt like, I would do pretty well with my microprocessor and, and yeah, I was glad that I had it.
1: There were some sketch places out on that trail on the Highline mm-hmm. trail, mm-hmm. um, as well for you where you can yeah, kind of go to Horse Pass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. It was terrifying. <laughs> I was so glad that, um, I met a couple of guys while I was on the trail, um, my friend Panda from the PCT was supposed to do the trail with me, but due to COVID stuff, he wasn't able to come out. Um, and I mean, I personally, I don't like to do things by myself, but I've been wanting to do the Highland trail it's for so long. I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm doing it. And, you know, I, I don't think I'll regret it, but I just got to force myself to at least get on the trail and it's going to be great. Um, yeah. And I ended up meeting these two guys from Colorado and yeah, I was so glad that they were there because one of the guys was like an experienced, um, Mountaineer. And so like he wasn't phased at all by, you know, the, the trail on dead horse pass is just scree. And the, the path is like as wide as my two feet side by side Mm -hmm. and it just wants to like slide under your feet jesus yeah and i'm like i'm okay when when my good leg is on the high side of the traverse but like my prosthetic you know it doesn't it doesn't like bend the way that your other leg would to compensate for a trail that's you know not flat Mm -hmm. so yeah i'd get to you know going back the other way and i would just be like uh, I was just so scared. I'm going to fall. And then, like, there's a cliff 10 feet away. And, yeah, Mike, he, he, like, shouted down. He's like, do you need help? And I was like, yes, please. And he came down, and he took my pack and took it back up. And then he came down and just basically just held my hand the whole rest of the way up. But, yeah, I was grateful that he was there. I think I would have been a little too scared to do it by myself. Or I would have waited for somebody else to come along at least.
1: Well, it sounds like there, I mean, you had two concerns going on. I mean, there is the fact that the trail wasn't flat or flat, Mm -hmm. but you're also talking about scree, which is just shale loose. Mm -hmm. So you step on it and it will just slide. Um, And that's hard enough doing it with two solid legs under you. But Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, there was a a little section where, um, you know, I, I was, I stopped because it was just loose. Like there was, I don't know, like five feet section that didn't really have a trail. It was just loose scree. And like I'd take a step out with my right foot just to try to like see if I could kind of pack it down a little bit and it would just slide. And I'd put, you know, try to, I put my trekking pole out and it would just send a cascade of rocks down and. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm this is too scary. <laughs> yeah. And Mike, Mike held my hand across that and it, yeah, it was fine. But, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> 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 Not a fan.
1: Finish the trail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was the only sketchy part and the rest was great. Honestly, it was easier than the PCT. Like it was nice, really great trail. I'd recommend it.
1: When you say easier than the PCT, what do you mean?
0: Well, I mean, like there wasn't so much sustained uphill, like, um, you know, it was kind of like flat or, or gradual and then you'd go, you know, up and over the pass and then back to kind of, you know, little ups and downs or whatever. You're like, you know, there might be a little something, but it wasn't like, you know, a full day of climbing over a mountain like you did on the PCT, I feel like every other day. <laughs> So yeah, it was nice. It was, yeah, it was a great trip. I'd do it again. As long as there's somebody to hold my hand
1: on. I was (laughs) going to say- Dead Horse
0: Pass. (laughs) That's the only, the only contingency.
1: So for you, the most difficult, the the most difficult part of the trail is the uphill, Mm -hmm. essentially, Mm -hmm. is when you have to do that. Yeah, it's just so
0: exhausting for me.
1: But I guess how- how far did you make it again? On the PCT? Yeah, on the PCT.
0: Um, 600 miles. I got to Tehachapi. Okay.
1: And, I mean, as much as the prosthetic was giving you problems, it really wasn't the prosthetic that pushed you off trail. It was your leg, essentially. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was in a lot of pain coming in and so um, my partner Amelia actually flew out and spent like a week there and instead of doing any hiking we actually ended up just hanging out in Tehachapi the whole week just because my leg was hurting so much I'm like well yeah maybe if I just give it a week off trail like it'll be fine um, and I did make some adjustments that I thought like took pressure off of the spot that was hurting. I'm like, "Okay, well, we're good to go. Like, let's go." And and yeah, I I think I got about 7 miles out of town, and I started getting yeah, this just excruciating nerve pain. Yeah, I mean, it was like fire lightning shooting, Uh-oh. you know, up and down my entire leg. And you know, I kept like pushing it and I kept going and yeah, I, uh, I got to camp that night and like I, I, uh, like I bent down to, uh, set up my tent and it put pressure right on the spot. Jesus. And oh my gosh, like I don't know of anything that's like instantly brought me to tears other than that. Like, oh, it was, it was so bad. I mean, part of me wishes that I had just reduced my miles and kept going, but At the same time, like my nerve was just so inflamed and I didn't have enough food to like cut my miles in half. I mean, we were in a 90 mile section before Kennedy Meadows. So yeah, it just didn't really seem like I had many options.
1: Well, and at that point, you weren't exactly sure what was causing the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know I was, I had never experienced nerve pain like that before it was yeah totally new to me and and I had no clue how to fix it you know like there were a lot of kind of external things like blisters or you know chafing or you know abrasions or whatever like I you know I know all the little tricks to that but yeah excruciating nerve pain was not something that I was really prepared for
1: how or what would you do differently because I'm assuming that you're going to go back out there again
0: Yeah. I actually was planning to go back last summer and finish the trail, but I mean, obviously with COVID it didn't happen, which was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I definitely plan on going back out at, at some point. Um, yeah. So I have a couple of plans, um, I guess to, to try to prevent issues. Um, so Autobach who is the manufacturer of the the knee that I was using on the PCT, um, they are in the process of making an even better, uh, mechanical knee that I think will, will, hopefully have fixed the problems that I was experiencing. So I would, I would get a different knee. So that would help. I wouldn't have to use any batteries and stuff. So, um, and then, um, I actually spent like the whole rest of 2019 having procedures done on my leg. Um, because I, I had a neuroma on my sciatic nerve, which is basically like a growth of nerves on your nerve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but um, apparently it's pretty common for amputees because you're like, you know, your nerves regrow. And when it had like nowhere to go, it just like grew bigger, I guess. I don't it just know.
1: grew in a bundle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I had this bundle of nerves that was, like, as big around as my femur.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah, and that's where the pain was coming from. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a bunch of procedures to try to kill those nerves um, and, you know, tried out some different medications and stuff. So, um, And I recently got a cream that is pretty fantastic for pain and stuff like that so um, oh
1: do tell is this a cbd type of thing or
0: no actually it's not um it's uh it's just this whole um like compound of like four different medicines there's like a nerve medication anti-inflammatory pain relief um Yeah, it's got like all the good stuff in it, like some pretty powerful stuff in there. And yeah, I actually tried it out today while I was snowboarding. And yeah, it like, it works really well. So so I think, you know, yeah, it works really well. I was not in pain. So (laughs) yeah, so I think I'll, yeah, I'll add that to my kit. My, I have a whole like little baggie of, of my, my legs, leg maintenance stuff. I'm sure. yeah. So I add that to the kid and hopefully have a new knee and, and I think I'll be in, in a little bit better shape, hopefully. And, and if I'm still having nerve pain, you know, I could get something prescribed that I know works for me.
1: Right. Well, and you uh, were also having issues, if I'm remembering correctly, with the end of your leg. Bottoming out, I think, is what you were calling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, in yeah. the in the socket, essentially. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. My my weight was fluctuating a lot, um, or I guess, kind of like my the volume of my leg was fluctuating a lot. Because, um, like, if if I was hot, it would swell, and if I was cold, it would shrink significantly. Um, yeah, I think. And, and so they make what's called socks that, you know, you pull over your residual limb to take up space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think at one point I was wearing like five
1: socks. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. I'm
0: <laughs> yeah. assuming,
1: I'm assuming your residual leg was, or limb was very cold at that moment.
0: <laughs> it was, it was very cold <laughs> at that moment. Yeah. It was a cold section. Um, but I would take the cold over the heat any day.
1: Well, the cold, it sounds like you could, I mean, easily maybe a relative term, but you had the ability to, to uh, work with that. Mm -hmm. Whereas the heat, you were kind of, well, screwed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah. And initially when I was feeling that pain in my leg, I thought that it was because I was bottoming out um, because of the location of the pain. I was like, oh, well, that's in my experience, that's what it's been. And so, yeah, I kept thinking, you know, oh, I'm just bottoming out and I was always trying to fix it. Um, and yeah, that turned out to not be the case, but yeah, that the section when I was cold, yeah, I was bottoming out and I had to wear a bajillion socks, but yeah, once it was hot, you know, I was dealing with sweat, like my, my limb sweating and my liner getting like a pool of sweat in the bottom is gross. Um, but it also, it's like my, my, uh, prosthetic is held on by friction. So I have a liner that is silicone. And so like that, the friction holds that onto my limb. But if you add, you know, liquid into it, I now don't have the friction. So like it's kind of working its way off. So yes. yeah, so I'd have to stop and dry it out and. Yeah, like I got to the point where I would just walk until it was uncomfortable. It might not be, it might feel weird. It might feel like my legs half off, but if it doesn't hurt yet, I'm going to keep going. Cause yeah, it was just some of those days, man. It was like every 30 minutes I would have to dump the sweat out
1: of my liner. (laughs) 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 Is there anything that you can do for the next one in relation to that? Or is that just a, a given that's um, so just what you're going to have to So I, tr-
0: I tried antiperspirant. Mm. Um, and I didn't feel like it worked as well as I had hoped. Um, so I also tried Botox for sweating, but I got to say getting 90 Botox shots on your leg, uh, is not, I would not recommend because it really hurts. <laughs> I, yeah, I did it once, and I was like, "I'm never doing this again." I need some ice cream. I'm traumatized.
1: <laughs> oh, It was awful. Did it work?
0: Yeah, I, that it does actually work, but okay. I don't know if I could go through with that again. Oh, yeah, it was like getting—it felt like getting stabbed with the tip of a knife over and over. And oh over Jesus! Again. I was like, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah Mm-mm. Uh, Mm-mm. don't do it
1: <laughs> I those are those seem like very sound words to live by right there,
0: yeah, just don't
1: just don't, don't. do it. Mm-mm. <laughs> what was because your original plan was to hike the whole the whole thing. so what was mm-hmm. your plan in the Sierras, <laughs> particularly in a high snow year,
0: yeah, um, well. I was going to arrive sooner than I had anticipated. So, um, me and, uh, Chainsaw, uh, we were going to pr- probably skip ahead, um, and do some stuff in Northern California, um, that were in some of the lower elevations. Like it looked like there, there were some, some sections that didn't have any snow on them, um, and Steady actually ended up just going straight through the Sierras, um, with a couple of Norwegians that were super snow experienced. So that was great. Nice. Good for him. Um, but I mean, knowing, you know, how I feel on snowy passes and unsure footing, like, yeah, it's just kind of terrifying for me. Um, and just knowing how, how much slower I am in the snow, like, yeah, it would have been just grueling. So, yeah, the plan had been to skip ahead, um, go through Northern California, and then come back to the Sierras.
1: And and hit it when there's no snow or mm-hmm. minimal snow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine, because obviously a lot of people, in order to have the snow as hard as possible to hike it, mm-hmm. they start very early in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then you Yeah, know.
0: and it it does help, definitely. In in the snow that we did encounter, yeah. In the morning, you know, your microspikes work fantastically when the snow is frozen or it's just ice. But yeah, once it gets slushy, oh yeah, it
1: sucks. <laughs> well, and you you had posted something about post
0: Yeah. I, just I can only imagine about how that. much fun that was. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the 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 patch of snow wasn't that long. Um, but yeah, I was, I was hiking along with no ID and, um, and at the, at the exact same time, we both, we both post hold like up to our thigh. <laughs> and so we're both just stuck and we, we just both start giggling. And like, I look back and she's like floundering in the snow <laughs> and I'm stuck in the snow. And <laughs> it was just, I don't know. Fortunately, we were just able to laugh about it. It was just somehow, it was just hilarious yeah, we, we climbed out of the snow and fortunately didn't post hole that bad again, but yeah. Yeah. I think if I had to do that for miles and miles and miles, yeah, I wouldn't be so funny, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in that moment. It was pretty hilarious.
1: Yeah. I, at the best of times, post-holing isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can only imagine, particularly if, the leg that post holes is your prosthetic like it's, I, it's
0: actually better because oh, really yeah because I can just ah. bend my knee and stand on top and step out of it where I can't step out of something with my prosthetic so it actually yeah it was my prosthetic that went like up to the thigh and yeah also I think if it were my right leg that went down like I probably would just like topple over <laughs> probably would be even more comical.
1: What were you most concerned about going out there initially?
0: I think I was really concerned about being alone. Um, and then also just being alone the entire time. Um. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I don't really like doing things by myself. Like I'm a, you know, pretty social person. Um, I get bored really easily. <laughs> so I like having another person there that I can talk to. Um, yeah, and especially in the beginning of the trail after my partner left, whenever I would see other people on the trail, it was always two people together and like they're chit chatting and I'm like, Oh, they're having such a great time. And I'm by myself. <laughs> Yeah, I think that like really got into my head that that like second week on trail and I was by myself. And I mean there were days when I didn't see anybody. So yeah, I was it was, was a little isolating. It early?
1: Early? Yeah, it was
0: because it was so early. Yeah. Yeah, it was isolating and lonely and and you know, I've also learned that if I don't eat enough snacks, I get uh, a little overly emotional. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I learned, you know, you got to eat snacks all day long and then you can walk further and not cry about it.
1: (laughs) When did the hiker hunger hit you?
0: Hmm. It was pretty early, pretty early on. I was starving. (laughs) I think even coming into Lake Morena, like we bought... Yeah, we got, like, a, a whole pizza and split it, like, a large pizza and just, like, ate, devoured the entire thing. Um, yeah, I, I remember going into Julian and, yeah, just eating so much food. Yeah, it, was, it was great. And then, um, especially, I think it was even worse, especially after Big Bear. Once we started doing, like, 12 and 15 days every day, yeah, it was... Yeah, so hungry all the time, all the snacks. On town days, we would just talk about what we were going to eat <laughs> all day long. Me and no ID would talk about the coffee we were gonna get. <laughs> and then we would we would all talk about like what restaurant are we gonna go to, what are we gonna eat, and yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, always hungry.
1: <laughs> Did it surprise you the amount of food that you could eat? Um, or were you kind of, I mean, you knew about Hiker Hunger and you mm-hmm. were expecting it and whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't think it really surprised me. Um, I don't know. Especially when you're, when like the only thing you're thinking about is food. You know, when you go in and just eat literally everything, you're like, well, no surprise. I've been thinking about food all day long. So, <laughs> just- but like, like salad, surprisingly, like we, at least- me and, and no idea. we would like crave vegetables um especially on that 19 mile day and there's pizza at the end we were talking about also ordering side salads and like we were most somehow most stoked about the salad <laughs> and it yeah when we were eating this out of like it's just like a regular house salad we're like this is the best salad I've ever eaten <laughs> It was so good. Somehow, you know, a side, you know, salad from a pizza place somehow was yeah the best salad ever.
1: Not, uh, on the scale of gourmet, really low down there. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. It was not, not anything to write home about, but yeah, we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What were you generally eating out there? The the normal Mm -hmm. hiker hiker stuff?
0: Um, yeah, I would do, um, a lot of those, what is it? Complete cookies. So get some like protein cookies, um, for breakfast. I always did, uh, two packets of breakfast essentials with a Starbucks via. So like a little mocha was it delicious. I'd have it cold because I love iced coffee. So,
1: um, and then that usually, your coffee.
0: yeah, that was my coffee. It was great. It had vitamins in it. <laughs>
1: it's good for you. Coffee.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And cliff bar for breakfast. Um, Cause yeah, I didn't want to cook. Didn't want to spend the time to cook for breakfast or lunch. Um, you know, I'm not like a huge cheese person regularly, but I pretty much always had a string cheese. I would like crave string cheese. So I always had them. Hmm. Um, and sometimes jerky, but a lot of times it was a little heavier than I wanted to carry. Um, yeah, so a lot of bars for dinner. I would usually do, um, I'd usually bring like one like dehydrated backpacker meal because then I would, I would eat that the first day and then I would reuse the bag to like cook all my other stuff in. So I do like ramen and mac and cheese and, um, pasta sides and stuff like that. Um, though I did in my box, um, I put together this little kit of a uh, Tom Ka soup. If you're familiar, it's a, mm. like a Thai coconut soup. And I found this, um, on Amazon, a packet of like condensed soup. It was just like a paste Mm -hmm. And then like coconut dried coconut milk and dehydrated veggies. And I just like put it all in a little baggie and you just add water and you have like an instant coconut soup. And that was, yeah, that was one that I really loved. Um, I also would send myself, um, Thai tea packages, which is another one of my favorites. So it was another, like, just add water Thai tea and like that. I would drink that like almost every night. It was like my treat
1: for a, a, a day completed.
0: Yeah. You got to have your Thai tea, finish the day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I could totally, I could totally see you basically just coming because people, I've heard people dub things, you know, a coffee break or, or whatever. So, you know, you could have your, your Thai tea break or your Thai tea, uh, chaser. Basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They're so good. Yeah. It was definitely yeah a little treat to have my Thai tea. I was like, I'm getting my, my box is coming. There's going to be more Thai tea. <laughs> now,
1: did you have a stove with you or did you just do cold soaking?
0: No, I had a stove. Okay. Um, yeah. I definitely like to have a hot meal in the evening. It's just kind of like a morale boost. Yeah. And on those cold days, it's really nice.
1: But you just, in the mornings were choosing not to use your stove because you just wanted it to be fast and,
0: mm-hmm. and Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on, on the Uinta Highline Trail, there were a couple of cold mornings and, and, you know, I, I just, I felt so good. Like I, I had been mountain biking like all summer and I was in like fantastic shape. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm going to knock out 10 miles by lunchtime. So, you know, I'm going to take the time to have some oatmeal and some, you know, hot breakfast essentials and coffee this morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I did that a couple of times, but yeah, most of the time, you know, I just want to get up and cram everything in my mouth and pack up and go.
1: I feel like in talking with you, I feel like you're somebody after my own heart, who's all about hacking things, like Mm -hmm. figuring out the ways to, um, hack that's the system a little bit.
0: Yeah. 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 You got to kind of, yeah. Make it work for you.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. <laughs> Your grandfather died while you were out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did. But if I remember correctly, <clears throat> he was he was a big advocate for you being out on the trail. Well, maybe.
0: Well, he he was suffering from Alzheimer's. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, he had been gone mentally for a while. But I mean, before when he was in when he was in good health, I mean, yeah, like he yeah loved to hear from me and hear about my adventures and stuff like that. And yeah, um, so I mean, it wasn't a surprise when he passed. I mean, it was, had kind of been coming, but yeah, it was still, yes, just like pretty devastating. Um, oh, yeah. Not great, but I mean, I guess it wasn't sudden. Just, I mean, that's the yeah. only silver lining. <laughs> At least it wasn't sudden.
1: Yeah. But with you being out on the trail, did that create conflict for you in terms um, of,
0: yeah, because I mean, I was like, well, you know, I gotta go to the funeral. You know, I, I'll, let me, you know. So I was talking to my family a lot with my in reach, trying to figure out what the plan was. Um, and um, he actually um, donated his body to science, so it was going to be a while before he was going to be cremated. Um, and so they ended up not having the service until like much later in the summer. So
1: it worked out. So you could be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was able to be there and yeah. Didn't have to get off trail, but I mean, if, if I had still been on trail, then yeah, I would have definitely gotten off to go.
1: And then basically circled back and Mm -hmm. and kept, kept heading North. Yeah. Do you see in coming back to the PCD, do you see yourself just completing the miles you haven't done or do you see yourself going back to the terminus and, and starting over and and going.
0: I don't really want to do the desert section all over again. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I would, you know, maybe start where I left off and then, yeah, if I get to Canada and I'm like, well, you know, I could keep going. um, Then, yeah, I would, I would circle back and, and finish, Mm -hmm. do it again.
1: How, likely do you see it being I mean I know that this is all hypothetical but how likely do you see it being getting to Canada and going yeah I've got some miles left in me let's go do another (laughs) 600
0: I mean probably unlikely (laughs) but but there is there still has never been a female amputee to through hike the entire PCT so you know, if that's still the case, when I get back out there, hmm. I might do it just so I can snag the title. That's what I, I was hoping to be the first amputee ever. Um, but in 2019, there was uh, another above knee amputee, um, Tumbleweed, and he ended up finishing the trail. So I can't get that part, you know, first amputee ever, but I could be the first female amputee and yep. I'd be down.
1: I feel like that might be ins- a great incentive to.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I really wanted to be the first female amputee on the Appalachian trail, but uh, Nikki Rellen beat me to it. Oh. <laughs> I can't, Yeah, you know, missed out on that one, but
1: yeah, well,
0: maybe I- she could be the first amputee triple crown or something.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's still waiting out there.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: And I feel like if you start in like Tehachapi and you go up and then you flop back or flip back, I would think that that would be later. I'm wondering if that would be later enough in the season that the heat wouldn't be as bad.
0: Yeah. I feel like it would, that it would be nice. Because then, you know, I might be down there when, like, the Sobo hikers are coming through, and, mm-hmm. you know, there might be less water, but, like, the temperatures will be probably pretty nice. So, yeah. Yeah. I think because it would it, work out.
1: It feels like the temperature thing is what's causing you the m- most grief mm-hmm. between the knee and then the sweating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Or the the shrinking and the swelling.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, shrinking and swelling and sweating and...
1: Yeah, all All that things.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all part of being an amputee.
1: Yeah, and and things that I guess we able-bodied hikers, walkers, whatever, don't think about. um, You know Mm -hmm. how that changes the nature of the hike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, there's even the fact that I can't step over things with my left leg. So that changes the entire way that I walk, you know, and, and I'm always, now that I've been, you know, hiking and backpacking for years as an amputee, I mean, it was, it was actually my 10 year uh, ampuversary when I was on the PCT. Um, yeah. I actually kind of like subconsciously now just plot a path, a route through the entire trail. It's like, you know, oh, I'm going to put a little more effort so that my leg will swing over this rock or that rock's too big. So I'm going to swing my leg around the rock. And I just like, that's constantly going through my head through every step. So
1: basically the knee bends, Mm -hmm. but it can't what lift and bend or yeah okay mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah so you, you basically get kind of like the swing mm-hmm. of the leg um but yeah you don't get you know a whole up and and swing or up and over even so it makes things a little a little complicated a little bit different way of thinking about how
1: you walk yeah and and how your steps get you to certain obstacles.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually count, I like count my steps or like, you know, I I can now look at a thing and I can immediately adjust my stride so that I will be on the correct leg to, you know, like step down from Mm -hmm. a thing or over a thing. Like, yeah, I just automatically, all that is going through my head the whole time.
1: That's pretty amazing. Like you're basically doing it automatically, but your brain is like calculating all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a NASA scientist. It's <laughs> like <laughs> all of the degrees and the distance and the time and the all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, before I hit the trail, I was a rocket scientist. So for real. That. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working on rocket motors. Yep, and then I quit my job. <laughs> so, ex rocket scientist. That's that's pretty awesome, actually. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was a lot more paperwork than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you're working on something that is billions of dollars, you you gotta make sure
1: it's perfect. And you're sending something or someone into space?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, both. Some programs, yeah, we're sending stuff like satellites up, and others were mm-hmm. being designed for astronauts.
1: That's amazing. So your brain already naturally thinks that way? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Way. <laughs> so it, I guess. So it basically a repurpose. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Doing all these little calculations, it's like that meme where – The lady, you know, all you see all the equations. Uh huh. (laughs) That's just my brain just going, you know. Yes, if we adjust our stride just so, you know, we'll get we'll step perfectly over the rock, or you know, down the thing, or whatever, and you know, the timing will be perfect if you just tweak it like just as much.
1: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! You at at one point, I'm trying to remember where it was, but you had to call for rescue at one point.
0: Mm-hmm. She wasn't Big Bear.
1: Big Bear. Outside
0: of Big Bear, yeah. Because yep.
1: of the snow, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kinda like I feel like I like I knew better. Um, it's like I live in Utah and I'm used to the snow, traveling in snow. And my dad, you know, and I, I grew up in Alabama and my dad still lives in Alabama. Um, but he was with me at the time and, you know, he's in, you know, dad, the leader mode. And we're like, you know, everyone told us, oh yeah, you know, the snow is only like, you know, a third or, or no, it was only like a mile long section of snow. Like it's totally fine, but, um, so like we got through the first section of snow and it was still frozen. So yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, it was, it was a little scary just cause it was kind of exposed, but like, you know, our, our uh, micro sprites were working well, but then we got into the second bit of snow. And at this point it's like one in the afternoon and it's getting hot. And as we were heading in, you know, I said, you know, I'm worried that the snow is going to get too soft and that it's going to be dangerous. And I don't know if my dad didn't hear me. He may have not been because I think I was being probably a little too passive. Um, but you know, he's like, well, you know, it's not that much further. Like we're almost done. And then there's no more snow. Like, let's just knock it out. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, and yeah, it was just quickly turning into slush. Um, And, you know, I was super sketched out because, you know, I'm not getting very good footing. Um, The entire traverse on this side of this mountain was with prosthetic side on the high side. So I'm already unstable as it is. Then you throw in snow and you throw in snow that's turning into slush. It was just it was not great. So Like my dad was actually like packing down a path for me the entire way. So it was very slow going. Um, but it made it easier for me. Um, it's safer for me. Um, but yeah, we just, we got to the point that the trail was just getting worse and worse and slushier and slushier. And he just like, couldn't really pack down a trail for me anymore. And then at one point he fell and he slid down and there were sections. I mean, we were on the side of a mountain and there were spots that were, if you fell, like there's no catching you. And we, we weren't expecting snow in this section. Um, like I had looked up a bunch of maps off of Noah and all this stuff and it didn't show any snow in that area. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll be fine. Like we'll pack the micro spikes just in case. Thank God. Um, yeah. Thank God. Oh, that would have been a nightmare. Um, yeah. So he fell and he broke his trekking pole. Um, and the trail weirdly like did this number. Um, and so like that was where he fell trying to get down to the other part of the trail and he slid and then he gets his way up and I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to get down that without also sliding to my death? Uh, and so he like helped me. He kind of like, like kind of held my feet as I kind of stepped down. Um, and like we made it and we kept going. And then it wasn't that much further where he fell again. And the only thing that saved him was a log. And he was able to like get his, some traction with his microspikes. Cause I mean, at that point it was sl- so slushy that the microspikes weren't doing anything. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just thinking in my head, I was like, this is exactly what I was scared was going to happen. And like, we're, this is way too much for us. Like, you know, I don't have my axe, my ice axe, because I didn't think I was going to need it. And like, we're totally unprepared. This is a really bad situation. And I was scared that my dad was going to fall to his death. And yeah, it was, I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't feel safe. I feel like You know, we're one more fall away from someone getting a serious injury. Um, so, you know, I feel like we should call it. Um, part of me was like, well, maybe we could just like sleep on the snow and then finish in the ice in the morning. But yeah, there was, there wasn't really a good place to stop and like do that anyway. I mean, we're on the side of a mountain traversing. Is there a flat spot? No, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so yeah, I was yeah, super freaked out at that point and I didn't want to see my dad fall to his death. So um yeah, I used my inreach and called. And yeah, helicopter came and picked us up and took us away. <laughs> so, yeah. Not I guess my proudest moment. I feel like I knew better, but I mean, obviously hindsight is 2020, so
1: yeah, it usually is. hmm And I feel like it's so many times it's almost like walking out onto the onto the plank. You know, like you keep walking out and you keep walking out and you're and it's like, okay, well, that was okay. Maybe I can take that next step. Okay, mm-hmm. that was okay. Maybe I can take it. and by the time you realize that you can't take that next step, you're so far out there that yeah. you're just like Ha
0: mhm, yeah, we kept you know there'd be like a blind corner, we're like, well, maybe around that next turn, like it'll be the end of the snow, like maybe we're almost there, you know, maybe we just you know push like a little bit further, it's sketchy, but like maybe we're almost there,
1: and yeah, we peek around the corner and we're
0: like, we're not almost there, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, isn't that the always the um uh the the damning of reality of it's the the maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. the next one, maybe mm-hmm. around the next corner, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yep. Um, yep. It will suddenly get better and it will all, we'll have made it through and we're all good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's not.
1: And then it's not. <laughs>
0: Sometimes, I mean, there's plenty of times where it does work out. And, yeah. You know, you can push yourself through a lot of things. You're like, oh, I did it. You know, that sucked, but, you know, we did it. And yeah. It didn't, didn't work out that way this time.
1: Yeah. But knowing, knowing how dangerous it can be out there, it feels like even as hard as it is to use that, to, to call it mm-hmm. um, and to, to call the rescue. Cause I know that there's yeah. a lot of pressure in that respect as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. You don't want to be that person. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's all, you know, don't just call them. Like, you're also putting them at risk to come save you. Like, you know, you got to make sure you know what you're doing and all this
1: stuff. And, yeah. But on the flip side of that, you're around to talk about it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know, might have not been. you kept going. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: mm-hmm. it's so easy to, to question the decisions even though they're the best decisions.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, you know, wounded pride. You know, you don't you don't want to be that person. But, yeah, it's like in that moment, you know, all you can imagine is I might die, my dad might die, and I don't want anybody to die, so I think we need some help. Like, we're a bit over our head and – Yeah, we, if it weren't now three in the afternoon, you know, we probably would have been fine. But
1: yeah,
0: it was too hot.
1: That that mile or whatever of snow was longer and took longer than Mm -hmm. originally expected. Yeah. Yep. You were using, and I know these are cliches, but you were using the hike your own hike and the trail provides. Mm hmm how did those things manifest for you?
0: Um, well, I think, um, I, well, I'm trying to think of when I said that. Um, I know I said, hike your own hike, uh, when I was with my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cause like at one point, um, we were doing a bunch of stream crossings and my dad coming from the AT is like, if this were the AT, there'd be a bridge. If, you know, if this were the AT, it would be like this. And I'm like, dad, we're in the desert. We're here early season. There's not usually water here any other time of the year. There's no, I'm not going to be a bridge here. (laughs) Um, But he never wanted to get his feet wet because then he'd get blisters and it doesn't bother me. And also rock hopping is not worth the risk for me. Um, but I was like, well, you know, I'll give it a try. Like, if I don't have to get my feet wet, I'm down with that too. And then so I'd help my dad find a good crossing. And then I would start to cross with him. And then I'd be like, this is too sketchy. And I had to bushwhack to get here. And <laughs> and, I'm, and then I end up in the water anyway, because it's safer for me. And I'm like, I should have just crossed and said, you know, go find your own spot. <laughs> and then I'll
1: hike your own hike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And other times when, you know, I was trying to keep up with somebody and then it was just like a little too much for me. you know, I had to kind of remind myself that, you know, I did need to hike my own hike and not just try to keep up with everyone just for the sake of not
1: being alone. And that's a big pressure out there. Um, Either to, you find a group of people that you gel with. And so pushing yourself, beyond what you should be doing Mm -hmm. to keep up with them yeah or um you know getting into the the opposite of that which is the you know sort of the anti people type of thing Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I mean in the desert I think I would have would have been better for me personally if I like did the whole uh midday siesta so then I wasn't walking through the hottest part of the day um right. yeah getting up earlier you know taking a siesta for a few hours and then finishing in the early evening I think would have been a better move for me but you know nobody else in my group was stopping so I was going to keep going but yeah yeah I think next time I, you know, knowing what I know and how much the heat really affects me. Yeah. I think, yeah, in that regard, definitely need to hike my own hike. You live and learn. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How did the trail provide for you? Um, well,
0: so on the last day that my partner was there, um, I, the plan was to, uh, slack pack a little bit. Um, I was going to drop my pack off at a spot where the trail, there was just like a really short side trail to get to the road. So she was going to drive me down the road. I was going to stash my pack somewhere and then she'd drive me back six miles and I'd hop on the trail. Well, we get to this that spot and there's a trail angel. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, hop in my car, like warm up, like you can leave your pack here. Like I've got snacks, I've got all this stuff. And it actually, um, it snowed. It had snowed that night. So, and there were like, you know, crazy wind. It was freezing. Um, I think it was like maybe 30 or 20. It was either in the upper 20s or or 30. I think it was like a high of 30 that day and it was really windy. Um, so. Yeah, I left my pack with him, and then I did my little slack pack, and I got back, and I warmed up in his car, and I had some of his food, and I got my pack back, and it was, of course, it was safe. Um, and then I left my spork in his car. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> uh, yeah, but when I got to Scissors Crossing, um, his daughter came down and brought me my spork and bought me dinner.
1: Which was pretty great. So maybe it was a uh, what would that be? I guess you you unconsciously outthought the situation <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> created additional exactly. trail magic.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was another time that uh, we got to a um, a water cache, and there was a beer with my literally with my name on it. What? Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a guy that I had met, I don't know, he was way he was doing like fifty mile days. Like he was crazy fast. Um and he had passed through there and he stuck a beer in the cache for me. And Scar. I was like, <laughs> it may have been warm, but it was a beer. And I was like, yes. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and nobody had drank it. So that was another awesome
1: thing. Even better. Respecting yeah, the name.
0: Yeah. I don't even know how long it had been in there. Like days, I think, at that point. So that oh, was wow. pretty cool. That was pretty cool.
1: That is cool. hmm <laughs> There's a story that you tell in your feed about a rattlesnake. <laughs> or actually, I guess there they they ended up being two rattlesnakes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, that is just hysterical. And I yes. love... I love the, um, so I'll let you tell the story, but I, I love the, uh, the ending where, where it's, and why it's you that decides to go first. That just made me laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were somewhere in the desert. It was a super hot day. Um, and we were getting to like the only water source for miles, Um, and it was literally just around the corner, like literally, and (laughs) chainsaw was ahead. He was at the water, um, and me and no ID were walking up and I think she was in front of me and she's walking along and all of a sudden, and she goes, well, I think there was some cursing. She jumps back. And, and of course, then she like moved really fast, the, you know, the snake, coils up ready to strike. It's like, Oh no, you know, it's freaked out. And so she like kind of freezes and I'm like, you know, let's, let's back up. Like, let's, you know, maybe it'll, it'll chill out and then it'll go away. Well, it was a very hot day and the snakes were in the shade because they didn't want to be in the sun. So yeah, once it calmed down, instead of, um, we were also kind of like sort of on a shelf, So like this kind of wall here, drop off here, trail. And this was all in the sun, except for like a little, a tiny bit of shade on the side. And so, yeah, the snake chills out, but instead of slithering like away, it just goes up the trail through the shade. And we're like, no. (laughs) And I, I'm just like screaming at it and yelling at it. I'm, I'm just yelling, get off the trail, get off the trail. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm getting so mad at it. I'm like, I want the damn water. <laughs> and Chainsaw comes around and he was like, well, yo, why are you being a trail Nazi? What's going on? And I was like, there's a snake. <laughs> and then we look over like right next to us. And there's another rattlesnake that's just, like, taking a nap. Like, right there. Like, oh, there's another one. And um, and so, like, me and and no idea. Like, what are we going to do? What do we do? It's not going anywhere. It doesn't want to get in the sun. She's like, well, you know, you have the advantage. Like, it's on your left side. She's like, you have a leg shield. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're Right yeah, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, if, if it strikes you, it might, it might get my left leg instead, and it'll be okay, 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 you know, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and then I just like power walk through, was like, ah, and it, you know, starts rattling again, but like, it didn't do anything, and I was like, oh, okay, I was like, okay, and He's no like, where, where, how did you do it? Like, where did, where did you walk exactly? And I was like, I just walked as far to the edge as I could and just as fast as I could. And it was okay. And she's like, okay. And then she walks across and i like, oh, I'm like, yeah, we did it. And yeah. And then we went and had water and Chainsaw was like, what in the world? <laughs> like what There's so much yelling and then of course you know he like retells the story from his perspective and he just <laughs> hears us screaming get off the trail <laughs> oh, man.
1: i can so only imagine funny. what he thought from that perspective hearing you guys yelling
0: yeah 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 i would have been like what in the world was going on you wouldn't expect rattlesnakes
1: <laughs> no not generally no, no. But I can only imagine the adrenaline crash that you had after that.
0: Yeah, I was pretty much done after that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we sat at the water source for a while and, yeah, ate a lot and cameled up on water because I don't think there was any more water for, like, until sometime the next day. Yeah, yeah, I remember, like, the next three miles sucking. (laughs) That's all I remember.
1: (laughs) Why were they sucking?
0: Just because it was hot Ah. and I was tired. I was ready to be at camp. Yeah, having lots. I was, that I was having a lot of leg issues at that point because of the heat, and and that was also the first day that the pain started. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't as bad, but it was like I just kept going. Like, what is wrong? What is wrong? And (coughs) like, the key is to you know, fix it immediately because if you don't fix it immediately, it's just going to get worse. Um, so like I kept trying to fix it. I probably stopped like a dozen times just trying to figure out what was wrong. Um, and yeah, and I could never, I could never figure it out. And I ended up just walking faster because somehow walking faster, hurt less, (laughs) And that is, yeah, that's how I finished the last three miles was like walking as quickly as possible and cursing and stopping multiple times to try to
1: fix my leg. And I think that that applies to literally any uncomfortableness or friction or anything like that on the trail. Like stop when it starts to hurt Mm -hmm. and adjust or fix it versus... Um, believe that it's somehow magically going to go away.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It does not. Yeah, you got to fix it immediately. Um, yeah. yeah, just like if you were getting blisters on your feet, you know, it's you know the same thing for my leg. Mm-hmm. It's bearing all the weight, so yeah, got to fix it immediately. Plus, with it being you know encased in silicone, it you know doesn't really get a lot of air. So it takes even longer to heal. Yeah. So, I mean, like <clears throat> I got a blister on, I think, you know, sometime during the first week. And I think it took like a week or
1: two to heal. Like,
0: was it wasn't gonna, even that bad, okay. but.
1: So you got a blister on your your leg, basically, mm-hmm. or in the area yeah. that would have been within the, the cup. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but it wasn't, I don't know. All that stuff you kind of forget about now. You're like, you just remember, you know, all the good times and you don't remember the blisters and
1: all that stuff. And yeah. Well, I guess it also, it's also a little bit like you got them, you had the issues with your leg and all of that, which showed you I mean this is putting it in an extreme version but it showed you it's survivable it's mm-hmm.
0: we can get through
1: it you know mm-hmm. um it's not optimum and it hurts like hell yeah but, you know we can get through it mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I mean yeah putting my leg out in the morning always just hurt but yeah once I got moving I don't know and got warmed up like everything just kind of calmed down yeah. And it's all, yeah, survivable. I mean, I had all kinds of stuff, especially in the beginning. I feel like my skin kind of toughened up after the first couple of weeks. Cause yeah, I mean, I was getting, you know, chafing and blisters and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, after, after a while, yeah, it all just kind of toughened up and it stopped, fortunately. But yeah, that first, yeah, first couple of weeks to a month was, was just kind of tough on the skin because I, I mean, I was coming from an office job, <laughs> you know, I'd, yeah. I'd been working on rockets in my cubicle yeah. and yeah, I mean, coming, you know, onto the, you went to Highline trail. Like I still didn't have a job at that point. Cause I had been planning on doing the piece, finishing the PCT that summer. So I've been hiking and mountain biking and all kinds of stuff. And so like my skin was tough. I was in really good shape and, yeah. I had no issues at all. It was fantastic. It was great. I wish, I wish it was always like that. So I think, yeah, that's probably, I didn't even think about that. That's probably another thing to keep in mind next time I do a through hike is to yeah, try to toughen up my skin.
1: Prepare it accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be another, you know, it's not just walking. It's, <laughs> it's, toughening up your skin, not just getting in shape, but getting tough. And, you know, I'm, um, I started a new engineering job and it actually has me on my feet a lot more often. And the only thing I can think of, like my silver lining is that, oh, like my feet will already be tough when I do my next through hike. <laughs> like I literally thought that in my first week at work, I'm like, well, you know, my feet hurt and, you know, I don't really like standing this much, but it has its benefits. Oh, my feet'll be tough. I'm ready to go for another through hike.
1: It's one of it's one of those things that's almost like, you know, you're a through hiker when.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it's a benefit to be on your feet all the time.
1: <laughs> exactly. Everything is everything is gauged mm-hmm. according to what's gonna help you with that next through hike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm walking more, I'm standing more on concrete, be ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, I won't just be coming from sitting in my chair all day in my office. So yeah, I'll uh, be ready. I'll be ready.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, a dog. Sorry. <laughs> um, you had a you had a post out there, um, about, and this is, I just was laughing so hard at this um, nature's roller. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty brilliant, but it's hysterical.
0: Yeah. It's, I think something that only through hikers would appreciate. Because I mean, I told that story to other people when I got home and they were like, okay. I'm like, no, it was really funny. Like, you don't seriously, you don't understand. <laughs> you know, we've been out on trail for, you know, almost two months at this point. And yeah, we were sitting at a picnic table and there were pine cones and Chainsaw took his shoes off and he just started rolling out his feet on the pine cone. And he was like, oh, he's like, you try this out. This is actually really nice. So then we're like passing this pine cone around under the table and like rolling our feet out. And we're like, oh yeah, this is really nice. Yeah, we're like, yeah, it's nature's roller. Roll your feet out. And he actually took the pine cone with him And then we played with it some more at camp that night. I was like, I'm sure you could find another pine cone, but like this was the, this was the pine cone apparently. The perfect pine cone for the job, I guess. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Did you end up not necessarily with that pine cone, but (laughs) did you end up using nature's roller again going forward, you know, other pine cones type of thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did. It was, I mean, like I said, it was surprisingly really nice. You just roll your arch out and it's got little knobbies on it. Like, you know, surprisingly really nice. I don't think it's anything that I would do in real life, but <laughs> you know, when your feet hurt, you got to use what you can.
1: Desperate times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should um,
0: I don't know. I mean, we could talk about, I mean, I have a few trips planned for the summer. Oh, do tell. Um, not anything really long just cause with my new job, I don't know how much time I can take off, but, um, I'm planning on doing a trip in the Wind River Range.
1: Oh, beautiful.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's been on my bucket list. For years, I think since I moved to Utah, um, so I'm finally doing it. And I don't care, like I have friends that are lined up to go, but if they bail on me, I'm still doing it because <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And I don't know when I'll you know, get the chance again. Um, and then I'm going to do a trip through um, the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho. Oh, I looked so up nice. yeah, I was looking up some pictures, and I was like oh, okay. This is awesome. This is legit. And a friend of mine is moving to Canada. She's like my new backpacking buddy. And she's moving.
1: <laughs> How rude.
0: I know. She's like always down. She's like, yeah, you want to go backpacking? Like anytime girl, just hit me up. And I'm like, yes. And yeah, well, like we did some trips last summer and you know, I took her to one of my favorite spots in the Uintas, uh, which is Red Castle. Um, that was the one where I realized that I could probably do through hike. Um, and yeah, so we're going to do the sawtooth together. Um, and she's never done a trip, I think, longer than three days. And I also, I realized pretty recently that I think she assumed that we never went into town when we were through hiking. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, you know, you know, we, she's like, well, I've never done, you know, she's like, well, how long were you out there? It was like two months. And she's like, oh man. And I'm like, you know, we went into town. Like, you know, we did like you know three to five days and then we went into town and we took a shower and we did our laundry and we got more food. She's like, Oh. Oh, I I could do that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it wasn't two months straight of walking. Come on. You gotta shower sometime. She's like, Yeah, okay, yeah, that that doesn't sound so bad. So yeah, we're going to do, do a little trip in the Sawtooths and there's a little like kind of lakeside resort. And I was like, well, we can finish at the mm-hmm. lakeside resort and we can take a shower and eat some food. Like, how does that sound? It'll be your longest trip and it'll end with a shower. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think this will be good.
1: How long do you think that trip will be?
0: Um, Well, it depends on where we start from, but I think anywhere from like four to five days. Okay. So I think it'll yeah it'll be nice yeah and it like it looks beautiful out there um so maybe we'll hit up some hot springs on our way I mean there's a bunch so might as well
1: it feels like they're they're calling you I think I hear mm-hmm.
0: them mm-hmm. <laughs> I do yeah and uh I'm the kind of person that once they, you know, they decided they're going to do something, they start obsessing over it. So I, you know, literally have like, and there's also a third trip that I'm doing. And I literally have all of them planned. Um, like one of them is for like, a friend who's just wanting to get into backpacking. So it's, you know, it's a little bit easier, a little shorter. And yeah, I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, check out this, you know, Darwin's video of, you know, budget gear, like check this out. Like, Ooh, have you watched Dixie's videos? And, and I'm like, Oh yeah, here's what we're going to do. And like, I made a map and I like drew on it and this is what we're doing each day. Like, Oh yeah. I, I'm a hardcore planner. Um, that was another thing with the PCT was that I literally planned everything. And like, I knew in my head that it probably wasn't going to go how I planned. Fortunately, I already had that in my head because obviously, yeah, you know, it didn't go anything like my, well, I mean, you know, I guess I, I decided that it was my goals to tell if I'm on track, not what I'm actually doing. And I had to tell my dad that too, because he was like, well, your spreadsheet says that you're supposed to be here. (laughs) And I'm like, dad, I'm not following the spreadsheet. I know I sent you the spreadsheet, but you know, spreadsheet went out the window after like day three.
1: (laughs) You are truly a rocket scientist.
0: Yeah. Yes. I have a spreadsheet.
1: But what is it that they say that, um, or I'm going to paraphrase it, but, uh, We plan and the trail laughs.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could plan everything, but don't count on it. And if you were to try to, you know, you're going to really frustrate yourself or, you know, have a bad time if you really try to stick to like super strict schedule. Like, yeah, you got to do what your body says you can do. And if your body says you're done, then you're done. Even if you didn't make it to your plan.
1: How easy was it for you on the trail to give yourself that grace?
0: It was not easy. (laughs) (laughs) It was not at all. Um, Especially when I, once I was hiking with people. Um, but like when I was coming in to scissors crossing, um, you know, I kept thinking, Oh, like I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And my body was like, you are done. This is your longest day that you've done so far. Like you're done. And I'm like, no, we're almost there. We can have food. (laughs) And yeah, it was a bad idea. It was bad. Like I, Oh man, I was hurting so bad. Oh, it was awful. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I definitely, yeah, that's yeah. Hike your own hike, I think. And listen to your body my plan for next time
1: <laughs> <laughs> words to live by
0: yes yes yeah listen to your body especially and yeah i think i you know also need to mentally be prepared to you know do significantly lower miles if i need to and to not feel like i have to keep up with my friends because yeah i mean if i'm constantly pushing it further then i should be you know at some point it's going to catch up to me Yeah. And I mean, and maybe that's what happened. You know, I was pushing it and it was hot. Um, And yeah, my, my nerves in my leg just freaked out, got super inflamed. So, I mean, when the few days I pushed it on the Uinta Highline trail, yeah, I noticed afterwards that that nerve was getting like pretty worked up again. Not, certainly not as bad, like not even close to as bad, but I could, I could feel it. And I think now I'm just kind of conscious of that. I was like, Oh man, you know, if I do, if I were to do more than a hundred miles, I probably should have some kind of plan in place for how I'm going to deal with that.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to name this nerve for you. I'm going to call it your last nerve.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My last nerve is acting up.
1: Um, we need a
0: plan for my last nerve.
1: Exactly. It's almost like that, that nerve bundle is your, your truth teller, your, um, uh, what is the word? Your, uh, honesty bar. So like if you're trying to push further than you should, or you're trying to hike mm-hmm. faster than you should, or you're, it's like that nerve bundle starts to flare up a little bit and it's like, I don't
0: think so. Nope. Don't do it. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Where can people find you to follow your continuing adventures or if they have any questions for you?
0: Um, yeah. So I post all my like through hiking stuff on, um, Instagram. Uh, it's at, PCT underscore amputee. And then my like personal Instagram. Um, you know, I post other stuff and other adventures and, and, you know, maybe like little snapshots of the big trips and stuff. Um, or I'll post like about hiking and mountain biking and snowboarding and stuff like that um, is uh, at amputee underscore adventurer. Perfect.
1: Are you going to put more YouTube videos out for these trips, or was that just you know? So much
0: work? I I f- so I was working with a production company actually oh, when I was on the nice. PCT, um, but they have all of the video, and I've been thinking about getting in touch and saying, you know, well, who knows when I'll be on the PCT again? I would really like to make some video out of all that. Like, can I get it all back? Um, I thought about that, um, and then I did actually take video on the Uintah Highline Trail. It was, to be honest, really crappy video because I didn't really feel like it. Um, and I also forgot my tripod. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big part of it. I couldn't set up a good shot without my tripod. So I was like trying to like balance things on rocks and it just never really worked out very well. Um, and there are shots when like, you know, like walking away and then like the camera falls over. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Those are the, the BTS blooper reel. That's, Mm -hmm. those are important too. (laughs) So I keep saying,
0: well, I should try to make something out of it, even if it's not great. You know, I should do something. I did take the time to take some video. So
1: yeah, I should. Embrace the suck. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another good motto to live by, <laughs> especially in those uphills. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. I—that was another reason I was really hoping that Panda would come out to do the Highline Trail because he is a professional videographer, photographer, uh-huh. and editor. And uh, I was really hoping that he would handle all of it because <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we should go out and we'll make a you know documentary." And I was like, "Yes." So, I don't know. One of these days we'll get out with Panda and make some good videos, but yeah, I should, I should motivate myself to post some more videos. And yeah, I mean, I would like to do some more kind of how-to stuff or like amputee tips or something yeah. like that. Um, cause like all that stuff I had to learn from trial and error. And I mean, it took years. It took yep. years learn what worked. And I mean, and of course there's a lot of disclaimers like, well, this works for me. It might not work for you, but this is what I try. These are the things I've done in the past that might work for you. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff and especially getting ready for a through hike, you know, there's so many things to be prepared for. And even like going over, like what's in my leg maintenance kit and you know, mm-hmm. what's the stuff that I pack to, you know, help keep me comfortable on the trail, like even like little stuff like that, I think would be really helpful to a lot of other amputees.
1: 100%. I think that the idea of it feeling impossible is what holds people back from doing it.
0: Or Mm -hmm. even just
1: maybe not doing even the whole trail, but doing section hikes or long section hikes or that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, even hiking, there's a lot. There's, I mean, most of the above knee amputees I know, like they hate hiking. They don't want to do it. They don't want to walk. And they're like, I can't believe you do that. And I'm like, it's great. (laughs) I recommend it. But I mean, a lot of that too is about having a good socket fit. Like if your prosthetic's uncomfortable, like, yeah, you don't want to walk very far. Um, like I mentioned before, like I worked with my prosthetist for a year and a half. Oh, wow. My hiking socket. Um, I mean, he has called me a pain in the butt more than once. (laughs) Uh, But I was like, you know, I'm going to be walking, you know, 15 miles a day. Like it has to be as close to perfect as we can get it. Um, We're now on backpacking socket version two. Okay. Yeah, we fixed some of the issue previous issues, and it still has a little tweak, some little tweaks. So these trips I have planned will be a pretty good test to see how it is. Hopefully.
1: you're a really pioneer. Use.
0: Yeah. Knock on wood.
1: Yeah. No, I think it would be so helpful and so wonderful for you. As we were kind of talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. you, you have a rocket scientist brain and you love to hack things. Like, so you've worked out the system that was working mm-hmm. for you and mm-hmm. sharing that system um, would potentially open the doors for other people to say, hmm, maybe this is possible. Yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean even yeah making my backpack or my backcountry charger like it's custom made mm-hmm. i mean that was kind of the first step to get me backpacking was yeah me and my dad got together and we're like well how are we gonna fix this and he's better with way better with electrical stuff than i am like um oh. so he figured all of that out and he did the whole electrical mathy things and yeah he came up with a design and then he, uh, he hired somebody to make it. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was super key. And there's a lot of amputees that are like, well, I, you know, my leg battery only lasts this long. Like you can't do trips longer than that. Mm -hmm. That's like, Oh, well, it doesn't have to limit you. Like there's, there are some options, even when you have a leg that doesn't have, you know, interchangeable batteries, there's options. Yeah. I don't think I've even talked about that stuff. Like that would be a good thing to talk about.
1: That would be so amazing. To put it out there. I'm sure you would probably be getting, uh, DMs up the wazoo for people going, okay, tell me how you did that. What did you do? Yeah. Where did,
0: how did they figure that out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I could even tell them that. I'd be like, we're going to have to have, you know, a guest on my Instagram. My father is going to explain <laughs> the things because I'm not good with electrical stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm.
0: I just have to stop being lazy. That's the that's the thing.
1: <laughs> I don't know. COVID is just—it's so easy to be lazy.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Got to binge watch all your shows. Get caught exactly. up on everything.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What was one of your favorite moments out there?
0: Oh, I wonder, oh, yes. Um, so it was another pizza day. <laughs> ah. so it was the first pizza day. Um. So it was when we were coming out of, what is it? Deep Deep Creek, which is um, past Big Bear. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful area. I think it was like one of my favorite sections in the desert. Um, and I had read somewhere, because of course I did a ton of research. I had read somewhere that at this particular road that we were going to be getting to, that uh, you could get pizza delivered to the road. Um so as soon as we got cell service, we called the pizza place and they were like, "Sorry, we only have one delivery boy on today, like he's not going to drive that far to d- bring you pizza." I'm like, "Oh crap. What are we going to do?" So we tried to get like DoorDash and stuff and like nobody would deliver. Um so we were just sitting at that road trying to figure out what we were going to do. And a guy Drives by and like we wave him down and you know, were asked to go, you know, can we get a ride into town? Um, and he's like, Oh no, you know, I'm not going that way. He's like, it's, you know, it's just, it's an easy three mile walk that way. We're like, oh, okay. And he drives away and we're like, it's an easy three mile that way. You know, it's only going to be six miles round trip. And we're just like ragging on this guy, like hardcore. We're like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, he comes back and he's like, I'm such an idiot. I will give you, I'll give you guys a ride. <laughs> it's like, I feel, I feel so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah, he gave us a ride to this bar that was just outside of town, which it, which he told us served food. And we get there and it, they totally don't serve food. Um But all of the locals were just getting in from like riding their dirt bikes and four wheelers and stuff. So like, they were just like super stoked that we were there. And they were, you know, talking to us and there was another amputee there and, and they were like, see, man, you can do it. And he's like, no, like, I'm too old. And, I, and I was like, dude, you could totally do it. I'm like, you're a baloney amputee. Like, it's, you know, way easier for you. Like, you can totally do it. Like, you have a paper cut in comparison to me. So you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, and they were talking to this lady and we were like, yeah, we really wanted to get some pizza. But like they said that they won't even deliver pizza to here. And She's like, oh, my son is the delivery boy. Like one <laughs> second. And so she calls a shop and she's like, you know, we have some hikers here who have walked 300 miles to get here and they need some pizza. And so of course they agreed to bring pizza. And she was like, what do you, what pizza do you want? We put it on our order and the pizza, like her son shows up with the pizza and they like bought us beers and. It was, yeah, like, the best freaking day. Like, the locals were so hilarious and awesome, and they were, like, offering to, like, oh, we, like, we'll host you at our house tonight, like, if you want to come. And we all decided that, you know, we we wanted to hit the trail. So um another one of the, like, the guys loaded us up in his giant, you know, truck and took us out on trail, and we were, like, kind of... Like half drunk, <laughs> hiking the trail. I wouldn't really recommend it because like, my stomach was bur- bothering me a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but it was awesome. It was a great day. And Like we night hiked to our destination, and the temperature was perfect. It was a beautiful day, and yeah, that was like my yeah was my favorite day. It was just, it was just, it was everything that I imagined the PCT to be. you know, I had my friends with me, you know, we, this, everything just like magically worked out. We got pizza and beer and everyone was laughing and it was a great time. I'm like this, that's the stuff that like you see on the YouTube videos that I feel like kind of romanticize the trail a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, this is what I was imagining. This is awesome. (laughs) Now you're chasing that day. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, more days like that. Yeah, it was awesome. More laughing, more friends.
1: A ginormous thank you to Megan for sharing her stories from the trails. And Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. If you want to see our conversation, we now also have a video version of this podcast on our website at hiking-through.com or you can go directly to our brand new Hiking Through channel on YouTube. On next week's episode, I'll be talking with Jonathan, moneymaker-maidment, about his triple crown. I hope that this conversation, these conversations, inspire you to get out there and have a few hiker trash moments of your own. Or maybe just pull up with some fantastic trail magic I'll see you on the trail